Almost. 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 Major. 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 Holy fucking shit, this is major! Welcome to Almost Major, a podcast where we talk about the many major studios and the films they release. We are still on Artisan, and today we are talking about The Punisher from 2004. My name is Kevin Tudor. I'm here with Bryden Doyle. Hello. And Charlie Nash. Hello. And once again, we are joined by a special guest of uh, Logan Kinney. How are you, sir? I'm terrible. I have to fucking talk about The Punisher. <laughs> we appreciate your sacrifice you have made to be here. It's 5am and I'm talking about The Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Are you saying there's something better you would want to do than talk about Thomas Jane? I mean, I do love talking about Thomas Jane. He's, I do love him. He's in money plane. He is. <laughs> I would love it. If, I would love it if like those uh, PSAs is like it's five a.m. Do you know where your children are? And the answer is like you're talking about the Punisher. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm twenty. I'm twenty years old, and I'm doing this with my time. Well, that reminds me of the Simpsons bit. It's ten o'clock. Do you know where your children are? I told you last week. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Punisher, two thousand four, uh, released April sixteenth, two thousand four. Wide release opened in two thousand six hundred forty nine theaters at number two. Uh, it's been a long time since we got a movie that was actually in the top five, so that's nice. Uh, Arson great at movie distribution. I mean, mm, yeah. Uh, budget thirty three million, opening weekend made thirteen point eight million, domestic gross of thirty three point six million, oh and overall gross of fifty four million. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, and I also saw another trivia fact that it sold like ten million dollars on DVD the first week. So I mean, they. Yeah. What? It was supposed yeah, to. They, it was, they, they, like I remember reading a trivia like most action movies around the time were budgeted at sixty five, and they got half that. They had to cut yes. a bunch of it. Like there was supposed to be stuff. Yeah, in the, the director Gulf War. was. Yeah. Well, that's in the extended cut. No, oh. you would. Yeah. Um, oh, did but we, yeah, the did direct, we not the... watch the fucking extended cut? Is that not the one uh, we watched? I had no. the opportunity to do so, and I chose not. Well, you to. made the right call, I think, because this movie was <laughs> yeah. long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus there, Christ. There's a trivia fact that talks about the the budgetary problems. Um, but top five films this weekend was Kill Bill Volume Two. This movie. Johnson Family Vacation, huh. Hellboy, and Home on the Range. They released this on the same day as Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah. That's... And you know what's crazy to think, like, I mean, I have my own issues with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but can you imagine if a Marvel movie was released against a Quentin Tarantino movie today, and the Quentin Tarantino movie actually did better? Like, I mean, that's the world I want to live in. That is a you know, world I'd if, much prefer if you, to live if in. If you released a new Tarantino movie opposite Eternals, it would have been Eternals. Because no one fucking liked Eternals. <laughs> that's true. I that's think, true. But Eternals I also... still made a ton of money. Though. But you know, the thing about Eternals and Black Widow and Shang-Chi is that they were all disappointments. The only one that was a success for them was far, was No Way Home. Because like, they all underperformed, you know? Like they performed well. They made their money back and then some. Obviously, they're profitable, but they're underperformed guests of standards for the company. So Multiverse of Madness doing really well, sadly, is probably a sign that we're in for more of this shit <laughs> for a while longer. Because like, it was honestly getting to the point where I thought they would start pivoting completely to TV and not only saving the movies for like these big events, like the No Way Homes and the... like. 
the Avengers. No, the TVs are advertisements for the movies. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I was yeah. thinking that they're just with Disney Plus, they're just going to keep doing the TV stuff. And they are going to, but I. I still think at some point it will completely pivot over into being the norm for them as the TV will take priority over the movies. Um, mm. But I think it might be a That'd while be nice. longer because of Multiverse of Madness. That'd be nice. I mean, to be honest, this whole movie felt like I watched an entire season of television in one. It does. It feels. It feels like. Movie. It feels like the network equivalent <laughs> of like the Equalizer. Like, like, especially like the the um the stuff with like the people in the apartment. It's like these are like the interesting side characters. Characters will really come to love. It's like, will I? Will I? It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, like, it's just like Breaking Bad if you think about it. With uh, John Travolta as as uh as Gus Spring. If you really think this about is it. true, this is true. Um, uh, hold on, before we get into talk about this masterpiece, I got a few more stuff to run down. Uh. Number one song in the U.S. this week is uh, "Yeah" by Usher. Oh fuck yeah! Remember when I remember, oh, when, I, yeah. remember when I said the top one songs on this episode are gonna be better? Yeah, it was number one for twelve weeks. Only to I was be about to say. seems yeah. only it should be even longer than twelve weeks, right? Okay, but only to be dethroned by another Usher song, which was "Burn," which reigned for seven uh, more weeks. Two thousand four was the year of Usher. Yeah, and this confession album. Apparently. I mean, yeah, I was I was definitely bumping Confessions Part Two, oh, and then I drove up to song. the parking lot, watched Punisher. Yeah, okay. Uh, number uh, one song in Canada though okay. is Toxic by Britney Spears. That's another good song. I mean, yeah. Uh, written and directed by Jonathan Hensley, directorial debut. Prior to this, he wrote Die Hard with a Vengeance and Jumanji in 1995, and Armageddon in 1998. After this, wrote and directed The Ice Road in 2021, and wrote Next in 2007. He wrote Next. The Ice Road that. Yeah. Fuck Next, you, which is based on, which I think is also based <laughs> on like a Philip K. Dick story, right? That's like, isn't I think that, so. That, yeah. Next is one of the dumbest endings I've ever seen in a film. It's fucking boring. It's so like, boring. No it should be at least funny. The Ice Road, though, that movie doesn't exist. No one on Earth has seen that movie. Yeah, uh, no one. Excuse me, sir. I recommended. <laughs> I I talked about that movie on uh, Almost Adventure. Stop I, lying. <laughs> it's just it's just Cole Pursue again. Stop lying. <laughs> It's very different than that. But, oh, you know, okay. Yeah. It's just like The Marksman. Uh, which I also watched. <laughs> watched it on New Year's Eve with my parents. <laughs> I was joking. I was joking, Brian. I'm keeping tabs on this kid, Robert Lorenz, seeing what his follow-up to Trouble with the Curve was. All right, okay. Oh, well, Trouble with God. the Curve, that's a fucking banger. Clint opens that movie, struggle on the piss. It's like, come on. Come on. <laughs> he wasn't uh... scouts base- uh, baseball with his daughter, Amy Adams, and his... Future son-in-law Justin Timberlake. It's a solid three and a half star flick. <laughs> You'd go see it with your uh, dad, and he would mildly enjoy it. Yeah, that's what. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. That's like, exactly what I did. <laughs> uh, also co-written by Michael France, who also wrote uh, Cliffhanger in 1993, Hulk in 2003, oh. and Fantastic Four in 2005. Wow, uh, there's there's some there's a hit and some misses in there. Yeah, I was about to say all better movies until you got to that last one. Okay, but... I would say that I would say the Fantastic Four is more fun than the Punisher. At least it's Does Fantastic powerful. Four end with the Drowning Pool song though? No, it doesn't. I, I feel so. like the fan, okay. I feel I, I love a superhero I love a superhero movie where they don't want to be superheroes and just hide in their apartment all day. It's I want to see a superhero <laughs> movie where it's just they just want to make a mob movie. And then I mean <laughs> Yeah. Um starring Thomas Jane as Frank Castle slash The Punisher. Prior to this, he was in the uh, 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie in 1992, Face Off and Boogie Nights in 1997, so Boogie Nights. Deep Blue Sea in 1999, and the Batship movie that is Dreamcatcher in 2003. <laughs> After this, he's in The Tripper in 2006, which is the Ronald Reagan slasher film directed by David Arquette, who could forget, um, The Mist in 2007, and starred in a TV show Hung from 2009 to 2011. He's Hung. He is. Uh, also, oh. The Mist. Underrated movie. Really, like really that. fucked up. That's a horror yeah. movie. He's also in, he's also in two episodes of Arrested Development. Oh my god! Uh, I just want my kids back. That. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I I remember watching The Mist with my parents and my mom and Same. dad were like, "That is the worst ending I've ever seen in my life." It's so <laughs> I mean, was just like, it's so it's mean. So, the tank had to so come cool. over right after. Like, you couldn't have yeah, waited no. five minutes? That's that's what my dad said. He was like, I liked it up until the end. I was like, I liked it up until the end, and then I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> no, same. The, the ending, <laughs> I usually don't like pessimism that stark in film endings. You gotta give it to the mist, though, because I have thought about that ending for fucking years. I have to give it that power. Like, I hate it, and I wish that it never happened for my own sanity, but it's a fucking dope ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh... Also reprised his role as the Punisher in a fan-made short film called Dirty Laundry in 2012, which I remember being pretty cool. Uh, John Travolta is Howard Saint. Prior to this, uh, we all saw him dance in... Uh, 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 Howard Saint, that's his name. Yeah. No, the actor. I don't know who oh. is. Oh, yeah. I uh, I found some gems. He was in... Uh, we all saw him dance in Perfect from 1985. Stay alive. Uh no I don't think so uh Michael Michael in, Michael in 1996 <laughs> yeah. Lucky Numbers Phenomenon in 2000 in 1996 oh, yeah. uh Swordfish in 2001 <laughs> after movie. this <laughs> <laughs> it is not a good movie uh after this Wild Hogs in 2007 <laughs> Old Dogs in 2009 uh, Gaudi in 2018 from, and of course from Paris with Love the, oh yes but of course the Fred Durst directed classic The Fanatic in 2019 hasn't really done any good movies that I can see but these were the highlights uh, I, I also it's also funny that he both he and Thomas Jane are in the Thin Red Line but like it's just sort of yeah. like I mean Travolta oh, yeah. it's like that movie like it's everyone's roles are so pared down you're just kind of like Thomas Jane's in this movie you say he's so in this, he's in a Speedboat movie which I forget the name of <laughs> oh Speed Kills but comparing, Speed but Kills comparing the... uh, Turning Paint where he's a race car driver cool but comparing the Thin Red Line to Gotti, that's like comparing peanuts to diamonds. <laughs> I was look, good, look, did look, I compare them? Look, I did not mean to look, do that. Look, <laughs> no, all I'm, I'm saying is, all I'm saying is Gotti has a soundtrack by Pitbull and it has the same ending as Spider-Man 2002. So, like, you gotta give it props somehow. Is there a scene in Gotti where they're just like, hey, we're New Yorkers. You mess with Gotti, you mess yes, with all of us. That's the joke. <laughs> that is what happens in the movie. That's literally the ending of Gotti. Oh, man. Um, where the fuck was I? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This my is already broke. chaos. Jesus. So you yeah, talk about uh, Travolta. Who else is in this movie? I mean, that's... Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say Thomas Shane is also in Face Off, so... They were in they were in two other movies, but I don't think either movie they like cross paths. But uh Samantha Mathis as Maria Castle. Prior to this, she's in Pump Up the Volume in nineteen ninety, This Is My Life in nineteen ninety two, this thing called Love in nineteen ninety three and American Psycho in two thousand. After this, she's in the uh, two thousand four remake miniseries of Salem's Lot, and of course in Law and Order Criminal Intent in two thousand five and Law and Order SVU in two thousand three, twenty fourteen, and twenty twenty. Uh, Loria Herring as Livia Saint prior to this Little Nicky in 2000 uh, Mulholland Drive in 2001 I was not even trying to be funny she just doesn't have much roles before this so... uh, John Q in 2002 
um after this eight episodes on the shield five episodes arc on gossip girl hell yeah i haven't got to that yet and uh law and order criminal intent in 2010 um career makes me sad yeah yeah. same same uh also will Patton, roy scheider ben foster and rebecca romaine is also rounding out the list here ben foster's name is spacker dave by the way (laughs) (laughs) will Will Patton's gay (laughs) yeah we see that for four seconds yeah uh trivia i have a lot of trivia so please strap in um marvel studios began development for a new punisher film as early as 1997 in 2000 marvel made a long-term agreement with artisan entertainment to turn 15 of their characters into films and tv shows among the characters were captain america thor black panther ant-man and deadpool wow i wonder how that one went for them uh (laughs) not good uh distributed by lionsgate films but Artisan Finance and co-distributed the film. Lionsgate bought Artisan halfway through the film's production, and this is the final Artisan film. Hensley said that even though the film was distributed under the Lionsgate imprint, they had nothing to do with the film. Once Artisan was bought by Lionsgate, the rights reverted back to Marvel. Amir Malin, the head of Artisan at the time of the buyout, once he was leaving Artisan, put the idea to Ari Arad, the head of Marvel Entertainment, that they should finance their own Marvel films. Unfortunately, at the time, Arad took the idea to the boards of Marvel and got turned down. It eventually, I think it eventually got off the ground a few years ago, but I'm not sure. Uh, Lionsgate planned a sequel with Hansley and Jane returning. Jane was campaigning for a sequel before the original film even released. The sequel lingered in development hell for over three years. Hensley did a draft and left the project in 2006. Director John Dahl was in talks to direct, but left over the script not being good. Oh, that might have been good. Has- oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was in talks to direct but left over the script not being good and the studio's hesitancy to spend a good money on the movie funny enough Hensley had this problem with Artisan while making the original film in 2007 Thomas Jane left the project over creative differences and budget problems plus director Walter Hill being turned down to direct by Lionsgate oh that would have been good too what the hell especially because like the problem problem with all the Punisher things is like I, I feel like the TV show probably has this problem too is that like it's like it's made like the comics are like homages to like these like seventies exploitation flicks, you know? Oh, and there's so like, much talk behind this movie where they were just like, Oh man, we were trying to do like Sam Peck and Paul. We wanted to we be like Death do... Wish, bro. Uh, like uh-huh. And then like why don't just get like an actual dude that's made those before and make it really yeah. gritty and fun and violent and yeah uh, commit um, to a tone. Commit to one tone. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking a better tone. I was thinking of better movies while watching this one. Like, and I'll talk about the same. About, I was thinking of, I, it, I, don't, I don't think it's like irredeemably bad or anything. I just, it's so derivative to the point that it just has nothing to do with it. It's just there. It's so I, I thought, road. Yeah. Yeah. It's Where milk I was toast. Like, why would I watch this when I can watch any of the three John Wick films and I wanted, get the exact I, same I, movie? I, and, all all yeah. I wanted to do was put on Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. I just wanted to put well, that yeah. on. I wanted yeah. to put on like I, like I wanted to put on anything else. I wanted to put on the fucking uh, bullet to the head, the Walter Hill thing with Stallone and Momoa and Sung Kang. I wanted to watch that uh-huh. instead. Like, I'd also watch the John Woo bullet in the head any day. Over I mean, that's a I'd that's watch that any. Yeah, that's a really fucked up one. I would watch the Last Stand with Arnie over this any day. In oh, okay. easily. Oh yeah, that one's. Yeah. I'd watch Escape Plan yeah. over this with Arnie and Slime. Okay, that okay. one's a little less. Not, not not as good as either of those two, I would say, but it's there. Uh, the sequel reboot eventually came out in 2008 called Punisher Warzone, and it's uh, not that good. No, it isn't. Now, um, 
out on to uh, quicker trivia. Uh, Thomas Shane accidentally stabbed Kevin Nash, who plays the Russian in their scene. Nash took what? cold. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Nash took cold beers from the film crew as compensation. Which, not bad. Uh, Thomas Shane trained for nearly seven months with the United States Navy SEALs and gained more than 20 pounds of muscle in doing so. Uh, Thomas Shane initially turned down the role twice, as well as a role in X-Men from 2000, as he didn't see himself as a superhero actor. He only became interested in the character after being asked to play him for a second time, and he had seen uh, Timothy Bradstreet's artwork of the character, which he was doing the artwork of Punisher at the time. Jonathan Hensley and Roy Scheider were neighbors in New York City, which is how Scheider was cast as Frank Castle Sr., Pro wrestler Kevin Nash had to cut his hair for this role. To explain the haircut to his wrestling fans, he bet his hair in a match against wrestler Chris Jericho. Hell yeah. That, that's a, that's uh, a fan. That's a fact for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jonathan Hensley was dismayed before filming began when he learned he wasn't going to be given sufficient budget for a top flight action movie. I don't, I don't like top flight action movie. Uh, he felt he needed in the region of $64 million, but was only given $30 million and only 52 days to shoot the picture. Hensley had to rewrite a lot of the original script to accommodate this reduction in budget and shooting schedule. Uh, a close-up of a bodyguard getting hit in the head with a paper cutter was cut due to the MPAA saying it was too real. Also, the scene where Frank throws hot oil onto Kevin Nash was cut down as well. Thomas Jane was the first and only choice to play the Punisher. John Travolta <laughs> allowed Thomas Jane to have his name first in the credits and advertising so that he could work on this project. In fact, he didn't mind at all, allowing Jane to be put over so that he could get recognition as the main actor. Main character, my bad. Most of the plot comes from the comics of 2000 2001's uh, Welcome Home Frank and 1994's The Punisher Year One. And that's all the trivia I have. Quick question. How familiar were any of you with the Punisher comics like beforehand? Because I'd only read like oh, one of the comics oh, yeah. when I was a kid. Because because I, I think I read like one of the teen rated ones when I was like a kid. And then I think the mm-hmm. rest of them were had like the parental advisories on them, so I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to read them. Um but that's oh, yeah. my, my dad didn't give a fuck. He wanted me to read comics, he didn't care what they were. So I read a few Punisher yeah. comics as a kid and I was like, These are pretty neat. They're weird though. Yeah. They're violent. I preferred I preferred yeah. I preferred X Men. Um, I preferred Batman, but I, I, I thought I, the, the, my problem with Punisher is I was like, okay, well, uh, like I enjoyed the violence because I was a child, um, and children fucking love violence and you can try and pretend that they don't, but they do. They think it's fucking sick as hell. Um, and like, I was, but I was like, this is getting a little repetitive. Like we get it. Your wife's dead and your kid's dead and you're sad about it and you're killing criminals. And there's a point where, like, the simplistic nature of the character got a little bit repetitive for me. And I found that, like, other superheroes did more interesting things. There are some, like, really good and thoughtful uh, Punisher work. But I think that the character is kind of inherently a bit simplistic and a little bit limited in his framework. Um, Which makes it so interesting that the movie fails to get even the basic ideas of Punisher correctly. Uh, yeah. It's like the whole thing about the Punisher is the atmospheric setting, and they don't even they set it in the wrong state, and there's no atmosphere to it whatsoever. It's ridiculous. Tampa. It's like why? Tampa. Why did you move it? To, it's yeah. just like his whole thing is that he's a fucking great New York former cop that's shooting criminals because there's crime around every street, the corner. You know, like. And you're freaking. Oh sorry, go ahead. It's just so dumb. Like, there's no reason other than like they didn't want to leave the state. I bet there's probably some tax incentives uh-huh. in Florida around that time, I assume. I think I read that as something that it was like uh, judicial. Yeah, there. that makes yeah. sense. Um, 
But like if you even if you're gonna shoot it in like a location that's maybe like not quite matching with the tone of the character, at least get like some of the feel for that place because like yeah, Florida, like, I feel like it's some, such a distinctively like, hazy sun. muggy atmosphere. Like like because I've yeah. been to Florida a couple times and like when it rains there, it feels sweltering. The rain is hot. Like yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like you think about like movies like Body Heat or Wild yeah. Things. Whether or not you like those movies or not, you can at least say that the atmosphere yeah. No, there's and like the a pungent kind of, of there's like this kind of like steam, this mist kind of flowing through everything. There's a swampy feeling. It feels like everyone's like walking through. Like what in Florida? Like the first like when you get off the plane and you walk through Florida, it starts feeling like you're walking through muck. Because the air is so yeah. suddenly different than it is on the plane. Like you walk out. Oh, and I've been to Florida. Yeah, you just it, it yeah. feels different, and it takes you a little while to acclimatize. And instead, it just feels like a sunny place. You know, it feels like TV in a way. Like it feels like. Uh, and I, this is going to sound as a really. This is going to sound like a compliment, honestly, but I don't mean it as such. Here it is. It's like in the season two finale of Succession, they go on like a cruise ship in like the Mediterranean, and like. It's TV shows, so it's like not shot to emphasize the overwhelming nature of the sun or the idyllic nature of the paradise. It's shot like a TV show, so it's shot with just basic coverage. And it just looks like that. It just looks like a basic coverage on a t- on a TV show. Only it's not well written, and it's not got anything really to offer with the character dynamics. And like, there's no like it, it doesn't use the setting for anything when the setting is such a big part of the Punisher. And it doesn't replace it with a new setting or a new thesis or a new idea. There's no cool set pieces with this setting. Like, it doesn't... We haven't even gotten into the first Sorry, I'm yet. sorry. I'm grumpy. Like, it makes me really mad. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I have <laughs> so nothing to say about this movie, though. I will yeah. say, the one mildly interesting thing that they do with the Florida setting is, like, having been to Florida where, like, you have to, like, wait for the bridges, like, when they're being, like, lifting and yeah, like, falling. Dope. Yeah, it's That's dope. kind of interesting how they use that. But it's, like, I think, five I seconds think, of, like, one action scene that lasts, like, I think, 90 I seconds. Do like, so I, I do like yeah. the, the bet where his entire family gets fucking murked. I think that's a good scene. I think it's the best scene in the movie. It is. It does it, actually feel like, oh, they're in a place and it's sunny and it's it's like a contrasting thing. Like, it's this, like, beautiful Florida paradise. Yeah, the yeah, coverage yeah. of it makes it just look like a normal, sunny, like, lovely place. And then everyone gets fucking murdered. Well, that's when they're in Puerto Rico. That's when they're yeah. in Puerto Rico? Right? Oh, is that? Yeah. In Puerto yeah. Rico? Yeah, they're in Puerto Rico. Oh, I thought yeah. it was Florida. So, clearly, they did a great job establishing no. the set. <laughs> You're supposed to be dead. Get up. Wheel the money out. Out the window. You know whose money this is? You know whose building this is? Howard Saints. You're not gonna believe this. We're really sorry about your family. What do you think he does? artist get everyone in we're going hunting this is not vengeance no not vengeance it's punishment call the russian howard saint took everything from me those who do evil to others will come to know me well no one's ever stood up for me before call me the 
Punisher. Shouldn't play with knives. Initial thoughts, I will go through. Uh, Bryden was saying that if we had any history with it, and yes, I did, like 10 or so years ago, I got really deep into comics and bought so many Punisher comics because he's been my favorite since this movie came out. Hmm. Um, not really much anymore, and also the alt-right overtaking the Punisher kind of definitely puts a taste in my mouth anyways, but loved it back in the day, but I was also like 13, so what did I know? It's it's not that good. Thomas Jane is very committed, and I'm always interested when he's on screen playing this role, even though he has to do some chunky shit with some of the dialogue and whatnot, but I, I he, he, he embodies it really, really good, the character of the Punisher, more so than whoever the fuck they got for Warzone, but... Ray Stevenson, star of Kill the Irishman. Oh, of course, who, it all comes is, back to Kill is, the Irishman. Who is a film directed by... Jonathan Hensley. There we name. go. There we go. See, we're tying the, them two together. I don't know. There, there are some nifty parts, like pretty much, like at the everything about the end. I really dig where he infiltrates with the bow and arrow and all that, and makes the guy hold the hold, holds the C four or whatever it is. That's really fucking awesome. And uh, I think when he when he gets into the breaks into uh, the bank or whatever it is, and he's shooting all the motherfuckers. That's cool. Um, and the Russian scene is pretty cool, but other than that, it's just like anytime he's not on screen, when it does anything with Howard Sane, is really fucking slog. It's awful. awful. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really bad. But um, I don't know. I'll get more into it. But uh, Charlie, what do you, what do you think of the Punisher? Oh yeah, this movie sucks. Uh, okay. I mean, I, my only background with the character in and it's not even with the character, was I owned the fucking soundtrack of this thing when I was 13. <laughs> so did I, goddammit, the Punisher yeah. Day album. And yeah, I had, because I was, you know, I saw superhero movies back then because I was 13, and like Logan said, people love, you know, kids love violence, and I was just like... I do love uh, violence. And I loved violence when I was that age, and just thought, oh my god, movies, violence, explosions, hooray, like, you know. And I never even... I don't even think I saw it until I was in, like, high school, and I remember not liking it then and liking it even less now. It's just there. It's just so, like, and and there is a certain type of thing, like, I revisited, I mean, it's a much different type of movie and a much better type of movie, but I blindly bought the 4K of Blade, like, in, in lockdown, and was like... Cool movie. Blade's good. Blade yeah. rules. Like, there were R-rated Marvel movies before they blew up and became as awful as they are uh, now there is there are still r-rated marvel movies deadpool deadpool 2 uh, oh those are the worst uh, okay yeah but like i guess like uh in the before the whole iron man avengers blow up thing that i was just kind of like uh you know if they stood on their own they were fine and this one is just so it's so f i hate to use this word it's flaccid <laughs> it's just totally <laughs> limp and bare and just going by the numbers and ugh, yeah it was a re it was really tough getting through this one i was texting kevin and bryden and bryden i know you had the same situation because we were talking about it the other night where i just kept pausing it and being like how the fuck do i have 50 minutes of this thing left like i don't like and then in terms of just like pure i love violent movies i love movies that have stylistic flourishes of violence violence can be very exciting i hate violence in real life but in the movies, you absolutely yeah. abhor death. 
Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> but like this thing, it's just the way it's shot and edited is so flat. Some of the editing, like there are cool moments where the editing just completely takes away from it. There's a moment where yeah. like a pocket knife is just shot into a guy's neck and it should be awesome. And it's just like, uh, just so I'm going to disagree and say it's still pretty fucking awesome. <sighs> he, he gets yeah. it the worst. And I love, and I, I, I think John Travolta can be a really fun villain. I mean, face off, broken arrow. I mean, the guy can have fun. But well, John Woo like, can have fun. I think you mean the fanatic. Yeah, that, that, that is true. John Woo knows how to direct him. Uh, yeah, like he's just so boring here. Poor Rebecca Romaine and Laura Lena Herring and all of the women have nothing to do here. Like, I actually, I just got the new Shout Factory. Speaking of. Rebecca Romaine, I got the new Shout Factory Blu-ray of Femme Fatale just sitting on my shelf now, and I was just like watching this, being like, "God, I wish I could just be watching that instead." <laughs> like, you could have, you could have just lied and just pretended you watched it and watched Femme Fatale instead. Yeah, that's true. I, I could have. That is very true. <laughs> but I, yeah, I spent my day off. I was like, "Let's get this shit out of the way, and then we can watch Belly, which luckily is coming out first for all of you. But, uh, yeah, then I was just like, yeah, this, this, because I knew this movie was gonna make me, like, just in a fucking slump, and, like, just chased it with a much better movie afterwards. So, yeah, not, wasn't good when I saw it back in, uh, 20, 2008, whenever. Even worse now. Just bad. Uh, Brad? Yeah, so I'd never seen this before. Uh, I think I'd maybe seen, like, I think I remember my mom or my brother watching it on TV when I was a kid. Because uh, I remember, like, the scene where they look at the money at the cabinet. And uh, then, like, he's standing on the bridge to the end. And I was like, what was this? The Punisher? And it's over. And I got <laughs> <laughs> um, So I think I rated this the highest out of everyone here who watched it. Even, in, even though I didn't really like it that much. I think it's because, like, there's, like, interesting pieces here. But, like, it's the weird, like, kind of thing is, like, it's the bad middle ground between like where like goofy and like somber and everything where like this movie kind of like whiplash goes between like like just these over-the-top heightened scenes of violence where people are like getting like blown up like and like just these like comically large explosions or like people like you know getting shotgun blasted and flying through like multiple plates of glass and showing it from like multiple angles and everything just like flying like high distances and everything and but then like we'll have like these scenes of like you know brutal misogynistic murders or whatever and like uh you know thomas jane like brooding in his apartment and like getting soused and whatnot and you know a domestic abuse subplot and it's like the it's just like kind of that weird is and the movie can't pick a tone and it kind of just like sits no. in the middle of like being just kind of unpleasant and a slog and it made me, it just made me think of like other better revenge movies that I watched that I've seen, like a movie that a comic book esque sort of movie that I watched recently that I think does this kind of thing much better and gets like the tone much better is Sam Raimi's Darkman, which I'd never seen before. Yeah, that yeah, movie yeah, is. Oh, and what's so great about that movie is like that's another movie where like if the tone isn't just so, it's just like fucking miserable or whatever. But like it's everything from like the comedy to the action to like the drama and tragedy of like the romance is like turned up to like such a heightened degree and everything where it's like Liam Neeson and Francis McDormand embracing against like a projection screen and whatever and like their shadows are you know like cast or whatever and it's like so stylized like even before like the crazy action stuff happens and everything and it totally works but then like also it has like goofy silent movie-esque gags and everything where he's like racing along like the top of like a mm -hmm. truck or whatever while he's hanging from a helicopter it's awesome 
Are um, you telling me that Sam Raimi is a better filmmaker than Jonathan Hensley? <laughs> I, I, shocking, I know. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Hensley, it's funny, I like a couple of the movies that he's written, like Die Hard with the Vengeance is a lot of fun. N- not so much dialogue-wise, I mean, that movie has some like weird reverse racism uh, politics <laughs> that are very strange, um, but like, stru- and like, the it's like, has a bad ending, but like, structurally, like, I like the premise of that movie, it's like, you know, having to race around the city, you know, solve all these problems or whatever, and it helps that, like, you know, maybe the weakness of the script is propped up by John McTiernan's very sleek direction. Hensley does not really have that light touch when it comes to directing. It's, like, like you said, Charlie, the edit is kind of, like, really sluggish with, like, some of the violence. Like, there's, like, a scene near the end where Thomas Jane, like, blows a guy's foot off with a shotgun, breaks it, stabs him in the hand, and then stabs him through a chin. And it feels Hell like yeah. it should be, like, the su- it's meant to be, like, the super swift but brutal it's, move it's but sloggy it's slow it ha- it's, yeah. It, yeah it's really it feels like it lasts like a few yeah. beats too too long it's like it doesn't really have the it's right the only time that like, the oh, movie actually incorporates the sluggish air of florida and it's in the worst possible time <laughs> just, oof, yeah i'm just really sweating i here. think i think the, the ideal punisher movie is james wan's death sentence which is, I think, is really good. I need to see that. Uh, that movie's that really because that movie is and, like yeah. upsetting in its violence, and it commits to it. It's like this is terrible, and he's doing this because he sees no other alternative, and it breaks him slowly as it does it, and it's really harrowing. And the violence, you understand it, but you hate it, and it's very compelling. And it, it's the scariest movie James Wan ever made by a mile, which is crazy because it's one of the few non horrors they did. Um, um yeah the, i also think with like the pacing wise like it's so weird about the movie it's like it races through like the the expositional stuff at the start where like it's him becoming the punisher relatively economically and everything like it's like maybe 30 minutes and everything it's like okay this is like getting off to like a pretty good start but then like there's just like just this sluggish midsection where like first off he comes back to florida and like he like tells like his former law enforcement buddies that he's back in town just before he's about to commit oh. a fuck ton of murder so like oh not i'm here hold profile. on I got the I got the quote. Here we go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> he goes, the, the random guy is just like you look upset, and uh, Frank Castle goes upset. Is that the word? I used to get upset when I got a flat tire, when a plane was delayed. I used to get upset when the Yankees <laughs> won the series. So if that what upset means, what am I feeling now? If you know the word, tell me because I don't. Yes, it's a great monologue, but also... Yeah. He, he like, acts like he's the only person who's ever experienced this in his life. I mean, <laughs> like, it was a pretty <laughs> fucked up thing to experience. His family got butchered. It was, it, it was, but it's like it's like as if he's the first person to ever I mean, how many, this, which how many I don't people, know, dude. Like, <laughs> Charlie, how many people do have their entire family assassinated by renegade assassins? Oh, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know Ebert, three no. people yesterday. Come on. Yeah, Roger Ebert's review like points out like how like even like the whole family is like they even killed cousins. No, like, yeah, no, shit, like he killed everyone. <laughs> like he killed, he killed, he killed, he killed his great auntie it, Jemima. Like he killed her. Like she's dead now. It's and true. his mom. Um, I, I just think it's funny though that is if he he acts as if he like reached some sort of like vengeful nirvana, as if like nothing has ever. I like I like how the movie. Like I, I do enjoy how the movie is like. Oh, I've just killed all these people. I think that was cool. I'm gonna do that again. But the cops never suspect uh, them. Like, that it is accurate. Why would they suspect a former cop of doing murder? Like they they love each other. Uh, that's actually a good point. 
the, but yeah, like the, the the pacing too. Like it's just like it settles down for this long midsection where he's like shares the apartment with like Rebecca Romaine and uh, Ben Foster and John Panette, and it's just like like you. This is like shoe leather. Just like cut this out. It doesn't really have any. It shouldn't really have any Neither, real bearing. This could be leaner. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. especially yeah, like when the movie's like running two plus hours and everything. Uh, it's. And also, it's kind of, like, the bullshit of, like, this guy's, like, apparently lost, like, his former humanity and everything, but then he also still cares for, like, human beings and everything. It's just, like, okay, like, there's it sentimentalizes it a little too much. And I also don't... I actually kind of like Travolta. I like... It's, like, I think the problem is that he's in a different movie than Thomas Jane, where Thomas Jane is being yep. super serious, and mm-hmm. Travolta's kind of camping it up, and, like, especially the, some of the dialogue he has with... Yeah, it doesn't make it. It doesn't like, fit at all. He's performing yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's the wrong it's movie, not... not necessarily the performance that's the problem. It's the, I, I, the rest of the movie. I, I feel like John Travolta's trying to camp it up, but the script keeps holding him back. I feel it's like, I feel like he's yeah. doing what the director's telling him not to do, and I think it's a disconnect. Yeah. But, like, I... Like, one of the few scenes I like in the movie is, like... I mean, I hate the context of, like, the Will Patton storyline because it is, like, kind of homophobic how it's used uh, in the film. But, oh, like, yeah. But, like, the scene that he has with, like, Travolta at the end where, like... there, It's weird because the, the script is so shallow and everything, but they are, like, really investing it with, like, genuine emotion and everything. Especially Will Patton, even when he's, like, saying, You're killing me! You're killing me! It's, like, that's very goofy, but it's, like, the sincere hurt in his expression and his voice is, like... And I'm talking about Patton, but also like Travolta and everything, where it's like these evil men having some sort of sick, twisted bond. It is like in the sense that like they're, you know, they're doing fucked up things to each other, but also care for each other as colleagues. That's that's right. Yeah. Um, it's like that. It's like, oh, man, you're giving this. I respect that you're giving this more weight than it definitely deserves. But yeah, I don't know. So like, there's interesting pieces in this movie, but overall, I think it just like doesn't really work. And I'm gonna stop now because I. I want to get into the plot and also talk about other things with everyone here. I think this is this reminds me of Constantine the movie. Um, for me, hmm. much better movie. No, I think they're oh, on yeah. par. I think they're both really boring. Um, oh my goodness! Uh, Constantine's way more. I, no, I, saw, I saw Constantine in cinemas in, in Keanu Con, and that was a it was a fucking slog. It was a, it, Tilda Swinton has giant wings in that movie. That's yeah, Tilda, Tilda, Tilda Swinton is <laughs> yeah. not in as much of that movie as you remember. Um, like that movie, I think that movie's boring as shit. Um, but the thing, are we talking down on the great director Francis Lawrence right now? Really? Yes, we are. He gave us water for elephants. Made a bunch. (laughs) Oh, we we do love having water for elephants. Where would we be without it? Give us Red Sparrow. We love it when (laughs) we love it when mockingjays are hungry. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Um. That one really sucks. I'll bet. I'll yeah, bet. That one's um, good. But, uh, like, the thing about Constantine and the Punisher that they have is sim- similar is I think they're both tonally confused, and I think they both have really great lead performances. Um, I think Keanu's great as Constantine. I think Jane's great as Frank Castle. I think they both make sense for the character, and I wish they'd stuck around with the character because I feel like in both cases, if they'd had, like, a sequel, they could have figured it out. Like, I feel like the potential was there for them to figure it out with the right creative staff, the right, like, direction, a little more confidence, um, because the performances are in the right lane, I just think the films and the scripts aren't, um, and I think the direction is too stoic and stodgy in both of them. Um, I think the Punisher's biggest problem, apart from the fact that it has no atmosphere. None. It strips the New York set, the grimy New York setting away for, like, this kind of orderless senseless florida backdrop that has no texture no specificity 
There's no like cool set pieces that make advantage of the Florida landscape. There's there's no there's no the thing about what I like about like like action movies about one guy is like the accumulation of like dirt and blood and sweat and tears. It's why my favorite John Wick is John Wick Three, mm. uh, Parabellum, is because he's like he, there's an entire se- segment where he just gets like fucking destroyed, thrown through glass. He's bleeding everywhere. He's like beat up. He's slower. He's sluggish. And there's a desperation in him that even though he's the most skilled assassin on the planet, he now has to struggle and fight through it. And there's something so satisfying about that compared to like seeing him easily mark people. In my or opinion. even the second one with them taking place at the shootout, the climactic shootout in the uh, m- the Hall of Mirrors that's called Reflections yeah. of the Soul. Like, like that's it's not, hell. It's not, yes, it's not, it's, a great su- it's not subtle at all, but it, yeah, it thematically yeah, ties no. into everything but, the movie's yeah. doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. The, each one's better than the last one. Four is going to be so good if that's the case. Um, but uh, the thing about, like, I, I love, I love that in action. I love in, one of my favorite action set pieces in recent years is uh, An Angel Has Fallen, the Jared Butler, Rick Roman Wall movie, um, where it's him versus Danny Houston. And you believe that Danny Houston can beat the shit out of him because Jared Butler has suffered so profoundly throughout the rest of the movie that he's just so slow and tired and beat up that the final fight becomes a battle of equals instead of, obviously, Jared Butler's going to beat the shit out of this old man. Um and I think that like there's no there's nothing like that. Like it's almost like it's just too easy for Castle at some point. You never really buy into the struggle. And Jane's trying to sell it as struggling and he's trying to sell pain yeah. and he doesn't he does it well, but the film never does. The direction never benefits from it. And never there's never any weight to the action in my opinion. Like it is violent and cool in theory, but it has no weight, it has no impact. It's not really sickening or shocking. It neither leans into like the camp pulp that Warzone would do, in my opinion, to no success. Um and but neither like the sickening violence of something like Death Sentence that I mentioned earlier. Uh, it has no after like the because like the, the murders of his family are like so overly sensationalized that it's quite kind of darkly funny you know the, the it's a great it's my favorite scene in the movie by mile but it's like it's silly it's a silly execution sequence of mu- multiple people you know and then it becomes so stoic and it's like if it wanted to be it needed to be either like this is despair that is being caused by all these people dying or have the film be lighter throughout and it has no idea of what it wants to be it it seems like because you like you mentioned in the trivia that it's like tor- torn between like two major inspirations of the comics like two different pieces it feels that way it feels like it's split between a creative vision and a creative tone and it is it is feels real. it does feel really long and i think travolta is very bad in it um because oh, yeah. like even if you like appreciate him individually he doesn't coalesce with the film's aims and he detracts from the film um, and I think he's like entertaining on like an abstract level. A couple scenes, um, I think is I think the stuff with his wife is embarrassing. I think it's some of the worst stuff in the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, she's yeah. the evil like Jezebel. You know, that's what she's framed as throughout the film. And it's like <laughs> it's so two dimensional. And in, in my opinion, even like one dimensional, honestly. And like the stuff like handling like, oh, she's evil, and I've got a killer now. And I think it's just really tactless and tacky and very kind of if not outright misogynistic at least borderline 
Like it's very, oh, yeah. I, I found it disturbing, but not in an effective or visceral way. There was nothing I was being challenged on. It just felt like something quite retrograde and meaningless almost. And I think if the movie had a better handle on the tone, maybe that scene, like if it went with like the grimmer tone, the, it would be ter- it, horrifying. Yeah, yeah, it would maybe have like the right horrifying impact. But here, it just feels kind of discombobulating tonally. Um, it's like it's like a good scene on paper. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It just needs you need to like change it. You know, it needs to be fixed. It, there's it's a good first draft, but you, you can't have that done like that in the movie with the tone. And I like I, I love like it is too adherent to his influences. It does want to be Walter Hill. It does want to be Sam Peckinpah. It really fucking wants to be Death Wish, like the and I think it has some of the similar problems that the first Death Wish has because I also think the first Death Wish suffers with its tone, um, before it mm-hmm. embraces the kind of just chaos. Fuck it, we ball, kill everyone inside mentality of the sequels. Um, I think I think the first Death Wish is pretty stoic and uncomfortable and doesn't really achieve the aims that the sequels do um mm-hmm. and inspiring so in that sense it's completely successful in what it's aspiring to be because it has all the same problems that i have with the first death wish uh and i the thing about it is that i, I think all the supporting characters are pretty badly handled i think ben foster yeah. is good but like, he's a good actor he's a great actor yeah but they dance there to is opera the, him being fun. in this movie feels wrong in a way, I don't know how to really explain it. it. Just doesn't feel like he should be there, and it unsettles me that he is in so much of it. Well, he's not allowed to go full on ape shit. No, they tried to make me talk. I said nothing. Yeah, yeah they, he's doing the silent ape shit, the the restrained, like unhinged, which still doesn't work. You first it's... meet him. He's in a gaming chair, and. But you see him, a close-up of him, and he's like, you're a failure. You are a disappointment. And then he's like, he's playing a game that 1,000%, you could never play on a gaming chair on a PC, but whatever. Um, yeah, he. Th- th- I, I feel like her, er, the Rebecca Romaine and Ben Foster and all of them in the adjacent apartment, it feels like it's a, a like a... It's almost like a sitcom-y thing. It's yeah, just like, it we, we have to live with a fucking ab- an assassin next door. He's gonna murder people. Also, what two, the fuck? two things about the Rebecca Romaine character. First of all, she listens to that Seether song on loop for the entire I mean, movie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's just all... But the other thing that she says that, I, that genuinely made my eyebrows raise was she says, I've lived in seven cities for the past seven years. I'm like, what the fuck? What happened to you? She's That's a lot. Charlie, she's in the military. Is she? The, the no, movie did I don't not know. Make that clear. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Well, uh, the other line is, and I've managed to meet the worst guys in every city, and I was just like, "That's your that that that's your character development." Yeah, it's no, just, that's your character shallow. development. So, anytime she meets someone bad, she has to leave the city. Yeah, <laughs> no, is... I mean, she is. She's definitely good at keeping space. We gotta give her credit for that. Um. Well, the, and I love Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, I think she, when, I like her. When her ex does show up, and and uh, which serves no purpose other than uh, for Frank to hit him with a fucking a switchblade knife in the face, which is very funny. Actually, it's just like Barry. Uh, uh, what were you saying, Logan? Before yeah, I, I was just. I, I think it's time. Like the the gay stuff is really really bad. <laughs> oh, it's all. Oh yeah, uh, we'll get into it's that. It's classic yeah. uh, early two thousands. Uh, oh yeah. Oh. I know characters. what I was gonna say. Um, she listens to the Seether song, 
which is called broken. You know why? You know why? You know what? Because she's broken. But also, Frank's broken. Kind of good. When she's lonesome. Yeah, that's true. They should play Elvis Presley's Are You Lonesome Tonight while Frank's alone. That's my opinion. That would have been good. He doesn't listen to any music when he's drinking wild turkey. I wonder why. (laughs) Okay, I'm so glad you noticed that, too, that he's drinking wild turkey, which tastes like shit. That stuff sucks. Other product placement, too, (laughs) was, like, when there's a scene where John Panette and uh, Ben Foster are, like, looking at, like, uh, Frank Castle's, like, resume on, like, uh on the computers and they have Diet Pepsi prominently placed in the, the background. And then when they have th- their Thanksgiving dinner, uh, Panette says, like, I'm, he's thankful for Diet Pepsi. I'm like, yeah. No, I want, so we get it. Yeah, we got it. We got it. the movie where I'm like, all right, Arby's, you're paying me some money. We're going to film, like, a huge shootout at an Arby's and everyone's going to fucking die. And then it's going to, like, going to cut to a logo of the <laughs> Arby's, like, site and it's going to be covered in blood. And that's going to be your fucking product placement. <laughs> And then somebody drives by and they say the Simpsons joke. I'm so hungry I could eat at Arby's. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and you just go in, like, and then you have someone come into the store and they're like, wow, some real carnage has happened here. But my Arby's burger will make me feel better. And then they walk out with a burger. I think I've mentioned on this show that Arby's was my first job, right? Even though I live in no. Massachusetts. Okay. No. I worked at an Arby's in a fucking food court in a shopping mall in Massachusetts. There, there, is, there, is, no Arby's any, there is no Arby's anywhere in the UK. I've never been to one. I just think it's funny to say. It's not bad. I feel like it gets a bad rep, but it's not bad. Uh, to start it off, we're going to start it out with uh, Frank Castle is blonde. We're going to go into that. Uh, FBI bust. He looks so good. He's a good looking guy. He's wearing flip flops. Oh, he's so it's nice. Uh, the F- an FBI bust of smuggling operation in Tampa Bay results in the death of Bobby Saint, the son of Mafia boss Howard Saint, and Otto Cringe, an uh, armed dealer. However, Cringe's death was faked, and he is revealed to be an undercover FBI agent, Frank Castle, on his last. Revealed to be it. Sorry, Wikipedia doesn't know grammar. Uh, but, 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 it's like his last job before he retires. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Enraged at the death of his son, Saint orders his men to learn everything they can about Craig and acquires access by bribing corrupt federal law enforcement officers for his federal service history. He orders Castle killed at a family reunion, though Saint's wife Livia insists that Castle's family be killed as well. Which ter- that fucking line reading is god awful. Um, his family. His whole family. Whole family. She's oh wearing like the God. biggest hat and veil <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. It takes her like thirty minutes to undo it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 at the reunion, Saints men, including Saints' best friend uh, Quentin Glass and Bobby's identical twin John, kill Castle's entire family. Though Frank Castle Sr. takes down some of the attackers, John then shoots Castle, leaving him for dead. However, Castle survives and is nursed back to health by a local fisherman uh there's there's a cool scene um in that in that whole thing where um roy scheider and uh thomas jane are fighting them off in that little house and then a guy jumps over and then like a propane tank is shown and i was just like this is some video game shit i'm surprised it didn't have like a yellow line around (laughs) it where it's like shoot here you just just hear the uncharted theme play yes yeah uh with the x emoji yeah like just uh uh-huh oh shit you got a button mash to stop your dad from getting fucking murdered by the mob (laughs) press x to play respects at his funeral (laughs) with the police and fbi unwilling to pursue the killers due to saint's power and influence castle moves into an abandoned apartment accompanied by three outcasts joan bumpo and specker bumpo bumpo 
<laughs> and Spacker Dave. We've got the new Marx Brothers over here. That's true. Uh, it, it, and begins like, like, is that just like I know this is terrible, but I'm like, did they just name him Bumpo because he's fat? Like, yeah. yeah, that's like the majority I mean, of the jokes like, where it's just that's, like that's horrible. Everyone in the script is commenting on like saying, "Hey, what's up, fat man?" I'm like, thinking, you know, you know, you know what's, do you know what's a really funny, you know, what's a really funny like mob thing is when you call the guy fat, but he's actually skinny. That's always like, fat Joe. Like hey, that. fat Joe. Fat Joe weighs like 110 I mean, pounds. Yeah. Well, he does now. Yeah. I will bring some of my personal history into this. Uh, that actor who plays Bumpo, John Panette, uh, uh, stand-up comedian who passed away several years ago. I watched his stand-up mm-hmm. comedy a lot when I was growing up. But, but that was kind of, I mean, weight-based humor was kind of like poking fun at himself like a lot of the time. So uh, I guess that's, I don't know, maybe brought that material into the movie. But uh, Early early Gabriel Iglesias. Uh, on, this is honestly like... Probably better. I'm sure, I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised that there are not worse insults in this movie. This has a feel energy of something... <laughs> Some, if well, it, w- it you wouldn't be surprised if there was some uh, language that has not aged well. In a well, lot Rebecca Romaine Rebecca Romaine also says and Bumpo and well, you can guess which one is Bumpo. Oh Jesus! With the help of information provided by Mikey Duca, who's that guy? He he's the most like that guy ever. The one he does the popsicle trick with and all that. Yeah, he, oh, so I looked him up. I was wa- wondering why he looks so familiar. He's um, he's Adrian Shelley's love interest in Waitress. Oh, oh wow. dang! Shit! Wow! There's a okay, dick in okay. Waitress. This just made yeah. me so sad that I've seen Waitress once and I've seen this. You should twice. watch Waitress again. <laughs> and also, it's a good. Movie. I haven't yeah. seen it since you it was in theaters. The, it's you a good movie. A documentary about Adrian Shelley made by her husband. Yeah, I it's one of the best docs uh, I've ever seen. For sure, that thing killed me. Uh, yeah, like it made me want to rewatch. But he should. I'd seen from her. Yeah, but uh, Mikey Mikey Duca shows up, which he has the brilliant line reading of "You're supposed to be dead." Yeah. Is that water? <laughs> um. Uh, yes. yes. And, and again, this scene is like kind of another example of the movie pulling its punches with Frank Castle being a nasty character because he says uh, he's going to torture him with like a blowtorch to say like, you know, it sears the nerve endings shut and everything. You know, it starts to go into shock and you you just it, you feel your skin melting and everything. It feels cold or whatever. But then like he's just like to trick this guy and everything like sort of like as like psychological torture. I guess he like he pokes him with a popsicle stick and then like uses a blowtorch to roast meat or something like that. And it's just like yeah. I mean, a, a, a true. It's kind of cute. I mean, it's kind of cute. Uh, I mean, it's. I will say the guy's library is like you are not a nice person. That's pretty funny, but like again, yeah. it's totally weird with the movie, and it also robs the movie of stakes too. I, I don't I, really like him that much as a no filmmaker sir. anymore. I I dragged across concrete really put me off the guy, but I think S. Craig Zala would understand what Punisher is about. Well, he would at least make me feel something. Like that, that, like, dude, that I, dude would get the you. violence and make it grotesque. Well, so, like, that's I also agree with you, Logan. I don't like Dragged Across Concrete that much either, but at least like I felt something throughout that movie, and even if it was anger or rage, it was like, okay, well, he's clearly. I think I think I I, I think that at least like, I think yeah. that like it, <laughs> I think it, I think that the best way to do Punisher is to not make it look like he's doing the right thing. <laughs> Logan, I also got it. Speaking of the popsicle scene, they brought this up. A dear friend of mine, I'm so sorry if they listen to the podcast, but I'm going to drag them a little bit. I was texting them and I was like, because I know they like this movie, and I'm like, this movie sucks. And he was just kind of like, no, it's a camp masterpiece. That whole what? popsicle scene is like homoerotic. What? And I'm like, no. What the fuck no! are you talking about? 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> and I love this friend dearly, but I was like, I, I think I, I think my beard right just grew extra of contempt <laughs> for that take. Uh, no, I don't understand. I mean, respect. If you can enjoy the movie, you can enjoy the movie. But it's so like. I don't know how you could think it's homoerotic. It's so actively yeah, resentful it, towards Eddie. I know. Queerness. It, it, okay, okay. Thomas Jane is shirtless the entire time, but it has that whole vibe. Yeah, he of, looks great. But, but it like, has that whole time of like, but this isn't gay, uh, right? Like, No, no. It's, yeah, you, you know, yeah. you're, want, you're supposed to want to be him. You don't want to fuck him. You're supposed to want to be him, yeah, you know? Yeah, And like, he is one of the most handsome men ever, oh, in my gorgeous. opinion. Oh, he's gorgeous, yeah. He is stunning. He gets sexier with age. I love his... I love him. He's so handsome in The Expanse, which is one of my favorite television shows. Oh. Um, and uh, he is gorgeous in my favorite movie of all time, Money Plane. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a masterpiece where he gives uh, one of the funniest ever line reads I've ever seen, where he just reacts to a monologue from uh, Adam, a.k.a. Edge, from WWE oh, yes. Copeland, of course. by going, yeah. And it killed me. It kills me every time. It makes me laugh. Like, he just does not give a fuck about it. And he's so cool. There's a bit in Money Plane where there's, like, an action sequence and no one else in the whole movie knows what they're doing. But him, just, like, second nature, just immediately looks like a professional. Just by clearly not trying. But he just knows what he's doing instinctively. And it adds, like, a real degree of, of like, respectability to the movie. He's so uh-huh. powerful. Money Plane has a consistent tone, unlike The Punisher, which is bullshit. Um... Castle studies the Saint family and learns their every move, during which he discovers Glass to be a closeted homosexual. He opens he openly attack it's Wikipedia. He openly attacks Saint's <laughs> business and sabotages his partnership with his Cuban partners. Right. Saint discovers Castles is alive and sends assassins to kill him. The first Harry Heck, I do like the scene, ambushes Castle on the bridge, but is killed when Castle fires a ballistic knife to his throat. That's also cool. The second, a Russian behemoth, nearly beats Castle to death in his own apartment, but Castle manages to kill him as well. So yeah, this is another bad scene in the movie where like the stakes are kind of non-existent in the movie because Logan, you were talking earlier about how like you know uh, Thomas Jane like convincingly performs like you know maybe like having the pain of like being a human being and like being vulnerable and having vulnerabilities in a fight scene or anything, but the movie robs it of, like, this... I mean, I think Jane, like, performs it well, where he is, like, kind of surprised by, like, uh, the Russians, like, strength and everything. But, like, the movie makes the fight scene not tense and anything by having, like, just this goofy-ass opera music that, like, the Uh the wacky apartment characters are dancing to. Like, Ben Foster's, like, skipping into the frame or whatever. We're cutting between that. And then, like, the, the, the fight is, like, syncing up with the opera music. So it's just, like... Well, this I don't feel like there's any danger here. I just feel like I'm watching like a goofy fight scene, and it's not like the fact that you're making it funny is making it not seem as tense. It's just like again the movie fucking up the tone. Not not to mention I don't care what form of reality this movie takes place. Well, I guess it would matter what form of reality, but like these are people with like real issues and like economical struggles and like domestic abuse uh, horrors, and then like a, a hand grenade goes off in the room next to them. And they're like, you hear something? Huh? Like, like what? Like, I'm you sorry. Totally like, hear it. Yeah, for sure. You would totally hear it. And then they're just sometimes like, anyway, just, back to the opera. Sometimes you just hear like a shotgun like... blast and then a slouch of a corpse falling down. You're just like, hmm, what's for dinner tonight, hon? You're, you're, you're telling mm-hmm. me Rebecca Romaine moved across seven cities in the past seven years and she wouldn't react to a uh, hand grenade dumb. going she off? She doesn't know how to, how to not, she doesn't know how to ghost people. You know, she just has to leave town. It's true. Um, 
But yeah, it's so shitty that like he that Punisher ends up using like you know uh, with like Will Patton says like I'm gonna leak these photos of you being gay if you don't do what I say. I'm like he's like threatening to out I'm this gonna guy. out I'm this like, motherfucker. I'm like I don't like that this is like a main character I'm supposed to identify with like who's no. like would he be doing this if he if his whole family hadn't been murdered he'd just be like it, what, what really, I don't know they're in this the, is it, the one thing that they should not have taken from Man on Fire because if they'd had any threats up the ass with a gay character that could have happened that's true if they if that's they had true. seen Man on Fire before writing this movie they 100% would have done that I think I swear to God, Man on Fire came out like a week after this movie. Man on Fire too. is one of my favorite ever movies, and I wish it yeah, had it come was. out like a year before it's so they great. could have learned something from it. Yeah. They would have learned the bad things. They would have le- They would have learned how to, like, ooh, let's shove a bomb up a gay guy's ass because you'll maybe enjoy it. And then they'll be really obnoxious. I, I'm just going to assume... I'm just gonna assume, Bryden, if you asked anyone who made this movie, they'd be like, well, it was Florida in 2004, of course. Charlie, you were right. Man on Fire comes out April 23rd, uh, <laughs> well, like, which is a week after this movie's release. Holy shit. We're all proud wow. of you. <laughs> Tony so Scott many, was inspired by this. So many things yeah. I didn't remember from middle school, but somehow that, that stuck in the noggin. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, the tenants treat Castle's wounds and hide him in a hidden elevator as Saints men arrive for him. When Dave and Bumpo refuse to reveal Castle's hideout, Glass tortures Dave by plucking each of his piercings with pliers. They leave one of their men to intercept Castle, but Castle kills him after they leave. With Mickey's help, Castle poses as anonymous blackmailer and arranges for Glass to be at certain places while planting Livia's car in the same location and ultimately placing one of Livia's earrings in Glass's bed. When Saint finds the earrings, he stabs Glass to death. Despite her protest that Glass was dead, accuses Livia of having an affair with his best friend. He throws Livia over the overpass of a railroad truck where she is run over by a train. Totally, totally misguided scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I fell asleep for a sec. Is the movie over yet? Like, no, no, yeah. We got two more. Uh, <laughs> okay. bro, bro, I'm falling asleep here too. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, uh, no, uh, I, just very totally misguided and like the torture is really awful. Badly done oh, it's it. there's no sense of like plate. No, like I want. It seems like it's enjoying it too much. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Like it's not. It's not happening to someone who deserves it or like ostensibly deserves the it. One... It's happening to someone you're supposed to care about. Weirdly, the sadism exists in that scene and no other scene. Oh, it's yeah. so like there's like, there's like great torture scenes in movies, and this is like not one of them. Um, Are you talking about the the like, piercing torture a... scene? Yeah. Yeah. I will say. Patton is good in a scene. I mean, he's a good actor, but like, I yes. love like when he's like, you see him like come up with the idea for like the torture where he's like rubbing his lips and then like you sort of see like the look come across his face. It's like, oh, this is what I'll do. That's like a good acting beat, but the context is like, oh, this fucking sucks. But yeah. I had one other joke that I wrote down when I was, because I, yeah. I eventually like lost lost interest in the movie and i was like just writing jokes to myself it's like when uh travolta says to his wife like when he thinks that she's cheating on him he says like you went to this you said you were at the movies but then like you were at this location you know this time later must have been a short movie i would have loved it if she'd been like really specific so i'm like yeah it was a tight 90 or something like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it was a series yeah. of short films cut together and i laughed halfway through 
Yeah, I forget. It said like some film festival or something on the marquee, and I was like, that doesn't yeah. exist. Okay. I also love that the Punisher has a portable fire hydrant, just in <laughs> yeah, case. Yeah, I like, mean, that's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I don't know where he got it, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, with, with Saint Despondent, Castle assaults Saint's club and kills every member of the mob, including his remaining son, John. Saint escapes the building, all by wounded. Uh, Castle pursues him and shoots him in a duel. As Saint lies dying, Castle reveals his schemes that led saint to kill his friend and his wife he ties saint to a car and sends it into the club's parking lot which is ribbed with explosive prompting a set of explosives to kill saint in which formed the shape of a skull when viewed from the air hell yeah stupid yeah uh, castle return- a different tone well they did that a lot i mean remember when daredevil did the same thing where they did daredevil's the bad that was with the joey pants the crow does that as well i think yeah, the crow yeah. even the dark knight poster it never happened in the movie but remember uh-huh. when that was a huge thing in the 2000s where they're just our symbol in fire yeah i did yeah. i didn't really love the climax in the movie although i do love the bit when he sends up the champagne bomb and the guy's like oh he like he like, does, like <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's, pretty cool. that's pretty funny but. yeah uh castle returns home and has no will to live after his mission is fulfilled but changes his mind after seeing a vision of his wife instead deciding to continue to fight crime bullshit uh, also <laughs> that 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 scene is hideous by the way that flash back whatever bullshit yeah it's like barely a it's like it's like her looking kind of angry just like she turning around and yeah, being like turns away from i would yeah. I, yeah. I, I i think i would be i think i would be able to be more civil and like nuanced about this if i wasn't so tired but because like all i can think of is god i wish this movie was never made god i wish this movie was never made and it's like it's not even that bad you know there's far worse movies out there i've seen hundreds and hundreds of worse films but it's just so like it's frustrating because there's like glimpses of a decent movie here and they're buried under walls and walls of shit because it's yeah. so easy to make this movie. It would basically. not I honestly think like like if if we all four of us came together we could write a real screenplay for this movie and do a fine job with it. You know what? Let's do that. We're going to call it uh, The Punisher Saints and Sinners because that's what Howard Saints was. No, 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 it's Punisher All Saints Day. Come on, get in your head in the game. All Saints, no no Sinners, yeah. Um, where was uh, I? We're going to call it The the, 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 the Dunbok Saints. Uh, oh, Punisher Castlevania. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Castlevania. Uh, a fr- no, Frank Castle Symphony of the Night. There we go. Yes. Um, he lives. He leaves some of Saint's money as a farewell gift to the tenants for protecting him. He is then seen standing over, standing alone on a bridge at sunset where in voiceover he vows to kill all killers, rapists, psychopaths, sadists, and anyone who harms innocent people in any way in his new identity. The Punisher. Bryden, it's you are most... a madman. Harold and Kumar go to Frank Castle. You son of a bitch. <laughs> also, is that not the most, like, stagnant, like, final wanna... shot where you just stand there? Like, who is he? Who is he there for? Like, I know movies are movies and that obviously shots exist and there. If it's good, it's like, I don't give a shit. But he's just, like, standing on the uh, bridge. Could, if, like, if, who, who are you? <laughs> this, 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 they have nothing in common. But this movie reminds me of the Jamie Foxx movie Sleepless from a few years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mostly because I, I feel like they're equally <laughs> as fake as each other. Uh, yeah. I don't really have uh, they, they they have like potential like glimpses of greatness and like interesting aesthetic choices in theory, 
but they're sluggish and slow in execution and they end up being quite boring and uninspired by their ending despite the fact that they have solidly performances yeah mm-hmm. that's definitely a movie sorry go ahead yeah. no that was it that was it yeah it's definitely a movie where you're kind of like left just thinking like I, I guess I like that performance beat, and I guess that one shot was kind of cool. Like, I don't bad. hate... I, I sound like I hate it. I don't really hate it. Like, it's not the worst it's thing not ever, but it's, it's not, not good, good and it's frustrating. And, like, a movie that's close to being good, or not close, but, like, potentially good, could be, like, even more frustrating than something that just fucking sucks straight up. Because, like, like, you can yeah. imagine... I don't know how they haven't made a good Punisher movie, even just by accident at this point. Like, maybe the show's yeah. great. I haven't seen the show. But, like, for movies, it's crazy they haven't, like, accidentally made, like, a really solid, like, Dread-style Punisher movie, you know? Yeah, they got a Dread movie better than they got a Punisher movie. Which is which crazy. Is something. Yeah, because yeah, Dread is a way worse character. I haven't seen the the uh, Mark Goldblatt, Dolph Lundgren one, uh, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. I, I know yeah. some, some people kind of like that one now. I've seen but, clips. Uh, I wasn't impressed. But, again, I'll need to see the full thing. Yeah, I would I would rather watch this than Dread. But anyways, uh, oh lo- ouch! Yeah, we're not gonna get uh, that one. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, well, uh, uh, final final thoughts on the Punisher, man. Let's go to bed, everyone. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Even if you've woken up and this is your podcast, you're listening to driving to work. Just go turn your car around. Go, go back, back to, to bed. bed. No, no yeah, look, yeah. fall asleep at the <laughs> wheel and risk crashing. No, the Punisher. Will just help. to feel the experience. Queue up broken yeah. by Seether and just like you know, go to sleep. Oh man. And then I get think, on top of the car and I sing think, like Amy I, Lee in the music video. Yeah. I think this is a movie that needed a D'Angelo needle drop for no reason. No. Oh God, no. Just uh-uh. imagine like like Frank Castle like chilling with a sniper rifle and then like fucking untitled what does it how does it feel starts playing. I don't like that. Don't, don't like that image. Don't like that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Almost Major. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please follow the pod on Twitter at Almost Major to keep up to date with what movies we will be covering in the future. Myself, I can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kev Bonesy. Bryden can be found on Twitter at Bryden Doyle and on Letterboxd at J Doyle. Charlie can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at CTNash91. Once again, thank you for listening.